You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Saturday Omaha. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Dave here, and on this episode, we are talking with Moses Mosley and Dan Debo Whalen of Dirty Birds. We sat in their Flatiron Building location to talk all things chicken and more. But before we start, I have a treat for them. You see, the DB crew digs music, and they dig the Wu Tang Clan. We've collaborated with Cutmaster Scut, a competitive world traveling beatboxer from Lincoln, Nebraska, to bring you the hottest fryer, uh, hottest fire this year. Debo style. Debo style. Debo style. Dirty Birds crew ain't nothing to cluck with. 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 Cut mascot. Thanks, Cutmaster Scut. If you like that, go check him out on his Facebook or Instagram. And let's get to our conversation with Dirty Birds crew Dan Debo Whalen and Moses Mosley. We get to hang out in Dirty Birds, which is yeah. so cool. Yeah. So, Dan, so we were talking, you know, I just kind of mentioned that I've been a fan of you guys since, like, you know, you guys were doing a pop up and, at, you know, over there in the old market mm-hmm. and then to, brick and mortar in Blackstone, and now we're sitting in like your guys' space. Right, mm-hmm. pretty cool, huh? So it's been a pretty sweet journey. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how are things going? What's happening that's new at Dirty Birds? And we'll talk about kind of current state and go to the past and come back forward again. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so what's yeah what's what's happening? What's keeping you guys busy these days? I guess everything. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Breadworks is our like newest venture, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we've invested into it heavily as well. Like. Uh, Bread was like, I would say the missing component of what we came up in, in the world, you know, working where we did and yeah. doing the stuff we did. You know, there was one thing always missing with us and it was the bread. So we wanted to, re- you know, rectify that situation. And we did. And now it's, now we make a bunch of bread all yeah. the time. Yeah, every, yeah, every day. Every day. It seems. Uh, we've been, uh, we do a Japanese milk bread now for our sandwiches. Oh, wow. Uh, we call it dirty white bread because we use uh, <laughs> some of our, some of our fry spice, we call our fry bomb into our yeah. stuff. We incorporate that into the bread. Uh, we make all of our own backheads for our catfish right now, for our achiote chicken sandwiches. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's what I guess uh, doing all this afforded us to do. We keep reinvesting in ourselves and, you know, especially when you do end up doing something like, you know, diners, drive-ins, dives. Yeah. Everybody expects you to get faster and be able to produce more and do all this stuff. And, you know, that's definitely the case, I guess, you know, we've seen huge increase ever since that show of course but uh you know we always like to say people turn right we turn left so yeah. we made it even slower let's uh we we now incorporate all of our homemade scratch our bread we're making bacon now in house we do wow uh, like right now we were just grinding up a bunch of chicken scraps that we save off when we break down our thighs for the sandwiches into our sausage that we now we make sausage for brunch so we do that and we're making a, a spinach it's like this curry leaf rosemary that we got from his dad that he grew. Yeah, that's super gosh, cool. Man. And that's we're gonna make incorporate that into the pasta. So we're gonna have a real green bucatini. Yeah. With the Hidalgo style chorizo, and we're gonna do that like carbonara style. And we do pasta night. So every once in a while, we don't do pasta on the menu all the time. Usually, what it takes is three of us getting really drunk <laughs> after work and just making yeah. whatever kind of pasta we want to make. You know, it's a cheap ingredient. Like if you, you know. You, we basically we spend a bottle of liquor and some eggs on it. Yeah, and we don't have like the greatest extruder ever, so we uh, we use like a KitchenAid extruder. So like the bucatini, it's not a fast process, that's sure. for sure. Uh, when we roll it out, it tends to go a little bit faster. Like if we're doing like a fettuccine or something. But again, we like to keep it special. We do it once a week, uh, and again, we just incorporate everything we already do, like make our own sausage, you know, grind up all of our own chicken. Yeah, I just got back from Mercado because I had to buy a ton of peppers to make our chili powder. Yeah, it's fun. And, and again, it's, it's camaraderie. So like a lot of times in a restaurant, especially nowadays with the way everything costs and expenses and so forth, like yeah. you don't really have time to teach people how to do stuff on the clock. Sure. It's really rough and it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it's very old school mentality, but a lot of guys aren't going to culinary school and you know, I can't, I'm not sending them to culinary school, but 
you know, if I can bring him in, like Graham here, he's definitely become, you know, a year ago, he didn't know how to make nothing. Now, yeah. now, he, now he's making pasta from scratch, and we don't even got to watch him. And he's learned that. He's taken time out of his day. Yeah. Come in. You know, we bribe him with a little bit of a little bit of alcohol. But <laughs> sure. That sure. works, you know. Yeah. So, but now, I mean, we don't have to look at him, and he's got he's got it down. So just to get voices on the mic, so Moses Mosley. Yes, over here. Moses. Yes. There you go, Dan Debo Whalen. Yes, sir. This place is kind of magical. Not trying to give you guys a big head or nothing, but but what continuously amazes me from like day one, you did this pop up. I go in there and we had, uh, I think it was like sliced or slivered garlic and probably the Debo sauce or honey. Yep. I remember it was like garlic and honey, and I get this chicken. I take it home. It's still just inferno hot, even after yeah. I get <laughs> it home. And then you guys go to Blackstone. You got this funky, fresh thing happening. You've got hip hop playing over the speakers. You've got literal chicken wire with like rubber chickens yeah. all over the place and yeah. paper signs. And the food, again, lights out good. And, and Dan, when you and I were talking on our, our prior never to be aired episode, um, <laughs> uh, which was an awesome conversation, by the way, but only we will have that. But I was talking about one of the things that really impressed me in Blackstone, and I, I remember it to this day, was I go there and I was watching you guys temp every single piece of chicken that came out of that fry. Straight up, mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, like these guys are just on it. Like everything that comes out on the plate needs to be perfect. And, you know, Dan, at the time when we were talking before, you're like, listen, I don't have time to be serving people underdone chicken. Mm, I need right, them to come right. back, right? That's a, right. That's a thing. But yeah. that, that extra care, and then here you are in the Flatiron Building. We're sitting in the awesome triangle with uh, our, our Wu-Tang chicken at the end right. of, of <laughs> the apex yes. of, of the triangle. And you've got a very casual environment, fried chicken, chicken sandwiches. And then you're like slamming homemade pasta and just chef-driven to the core yeah. in addition to being infinitely approachable. And it's such a cool mesh of, I, I guess, breaking the mold or what people might think appear, you know, either way. Sure, dude, we so, want people to question themselves and be like, have I ever had a fried chicken sandwich with homemade bread before? Like, yeah, have I had that before in my life? Not probably not. But now you can get it here. And, you know, going back to some of the Blackstone stuff, the eclectic, the funky, like that was all again. It, we did all that. Like. Yeah, that chicken wire on the fence out there still, but, and his dad built that, by the yeah, way. Man. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah. that chicken wire, we kept it. You know, we have a little bit of sen sentimentality, oh, I guess. Yeah. Oh, nice! Uh, all of our paper drawings, actually, we took, uh -huh. we cut them, and we uh, we wheat pasted them onto canvas over there. So those are all from the switch that we saved. That's killer. Our old sign, everything. You know, we just keep coming up, man. Like yeah, and uh, we're not your traditional dudes that had something like behind us to start it. You know, it's credit card debt, and let's just, let's do it. Let's <laughs> yeah. try it. Did both of you guys get your start at kitchen table or like what's what's the genesis to to being sure chefy uh, yet approachable and everything that you are now? Yeah, Debo. Yeah, that's def definitely where I started. Learned a lot there. I think I attribute a lot of uh, my work and like where I've come from or who I am right now. It's like coming up in there and we're definitely getting back to it, like going through mm -hmm. our roots and getting back to scratch mid and but still pumping out volume too, which is right. kind of I always feel like if you open something and you had it perfect right off the get, like uh, doing every yourself a disservice and everybody's mm -hmm. sort of like, you can always get better. You can always keep trying. We make it hard on ourselves. Anytime we get a little bit of luxury, like a break, we're like, now nah, let's do something harder. Yeah. <laughs> so here it is. And I, I actually came up, I, I worked at Kitchen Table. It's funny, I have a Kitchen Table tattoo because me and Jess played hooky one day and went and got tattooed. I think I saw her post that on, yeah. on Instagram. Somebody posted out there. She's got yeah. the KT right there also. But so yeah. I, I met them and I came here. I was with Trans-Siberian Orchestra at the time. Oh, right on. And we do rehearsals here every year for yeah. a month. And uh, one year I was like, I'm going to stay. And I stayed and I ended up working at Kitchen Table. And what they allowed me to do was go back on tour and then come back and then go on tour oh, cool. and then come back. So I was like a personal chef for a lot of rock bands and I worked for Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I worked in LA for a long time. That's my gold record up there, actually. That's mine for uh, Beethoven's Last Night from Trans-Siberian no Orchestra. Doubt. Yeah, yeah oh, it's got my name really, on it too, which is pretty wild. That is wild. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kitchen Table let me go back and forth and they taught me again, like uh, when you're doing like private chef work and stuff like that on the road, you don't have the time to like do stuff for days. You know, you don't, everything's gotta be quick. It's, you buy a lot of great product. You don't yeah. make a lot of great product. And so Kitchen Table, that was awesome, is to be able to make all this great product. You know, you want bread, you got to make it. You want ketchup, you got to make it. You want this, 
you have to make it. So that was fun, man. That really intrigued me. I guess Omaha woke up my culinary passions again after being in Atlanta and LA for so long. Just, you know, you start to get a little burnout, but sure. Omaha, it's a magical place, man. I, again, I really fell back in love with my craft here and had opportunity to do something with it. Yeah. So that's huge. It's nice to not be beholden to anybody. So like, you know, yeah. if you want to make pasta, make some pasta. You want to do, right. you know, you want to come for you something, go for it. Like, you know, we've, we, we told all of our employees to work for us. We have a standing rule with them. Like anything in those cookbooks, like all those cookbooks we got out there. And there's some great ones, man. The, you know, especially Debo, he's really into some really great cookbooks. If they find something in there, an ingredient, a recipe, and they want to do it, we'll, we'll pony up to make it happen. That's awesome for anybody coming to sit at your tables here because who's ever back there in the back is putting their heart into that food and that's going to come out on that plate. Absolutely. And that's the thing is, I mean, you, you come in here and you get a chicken sandwich and it's, it's not just, huh, it's a chicken sandwich. It's like an epically like memorable chicken sandwich. Yes, we love that's that. My cool. wife was a flight attendant for a little while too. So we're like on flight attendant, like Facebook pages and stuff. Oh, nice. That's fun, man. We get people from everywhere coming in. It's awesome. Expanding to making your own breads, kind of a right. big deal. I was reading uh, Ken Forkish's, uh, I, I mentioned his pizza book, Elements of Pizza, a lot on this show, but I'm not going to mention that this time because it's Sick. his uh, flour, water, salt, yeast book, his other one. Um, but he has a, uh, a baker's schedule sure, in there. Yeah. It's tiring to read mm -hmm. because of making sure that your dough is proofing what it needs to, taking care of your starter, when you put in blah, 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 blah. Right. So going into making your own bread and making your own bacon, which you know is a whole different branch of doing things versus cooking an awesome chicken sandwich mm -hmm. or some bone-in chicken. Like, I know having the heart there, but how'd you decide to do that? How are you packing into that small kitchen that you have and like, but still doing it at scale? Like, what? I, I think it was one of those things, like I kept saying too, just, I know we can do it. I know we can do it. I know we can do it. And one day we did it, I, th I think. So we bought a couple of, uh, what we use is Grand Pullman loaf pans, like they're, they're huge. They're 1,200 grams of flour you fit. Oh my gosh. And you can go as high as 1,800 grams of flour in these Pullman pans. We got two of them. We were playing with it. I did like two loaves, four loaves of bread. And we went to the bar yeah. and I was like, Dan, should we buy a couple more? He's like, yeah, I think we can buy a couple more. I'm like, boom, perfect. Bought eight of them. <laughs> Doing that now. Yeah, uh, we got the mixer on a Black Friday deal. That was a big deal for us. Yeah, that was a game changer. Because we were already making some of the breads. We were already making the baguettes from scratch. You know, of course, biscuits, but we were making the baguettes and Kaiser buns from scratch for a while. Wow. So those were two things already on our plate, but he was mixing everything by hand. Yeah. And so wow. that was, that Did was that rough. for a little while. And by wow. doing that, sometimes you had to cold ferment. You had to like get in the, because we just didn't have that time. Yeah. You had to play, yeah. a lot, play a lot of games with it just right. to get it. To yeah, work. biochemical gluten formation, something right. along those lines. I so like less, let, yeah. time, let time take care of some of that for you. Yeah. Wow, so you're mixing everything by hand? Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, it was rough. Now we got the mixer, so that's great. That's yeah. awesome. How, how big of a mixer did you get? 30 quart. Wow, yeah. okay. So yeah, that's I can that. usually pump out eight loaves of the Pullman bread in one go. And uh, they're huge, man. They're, they are some giant loaves of bread. There's one right there. Yeah. They are yeah. giant. So, oh uh, and we did the math. We, we did all the math. We were using Rotella's before. Yeah. Our baguettes are cheaper and our, our, this bread's only slightly more expensive, but just the quality is unreal man it's yeah. a real piece of bread and you can definitely tell it's a real piece of bread and again we want people to be like dude have i ever had a fried chicken sandwich on real bread before <laughs> like yeah. i don't know man everything so, made in house that's pretty right? rare the to pickles have. everything man so yeah we we do everything we cook that's why there's two birds up there it's me and debo cooking your food and that's awesome. sometimes we get a long wait man but you know we point to the birds and we say hey there's two guys cooking all the food sit down and have a beer relax yeah. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Stay, Our stay brunches get insane sometimes. We'll have, you know, most restaurants make you stand outside for an hour. We, you know, it's kind of see yourself here, but you might take it to get your food. Yeah. And we admit that. We know that. We try our hardest not to, but there's only, especially when you're like frying chicken, you know, the way the tickets come in, like you may be only getting three pieces of chicken in that fryer, but I can't start at fourth, you know, two minutes later. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I have to wait until that next, this next batch comes out. Yeah. And by hand breading everything, you know, to order, it's like, it's just this, this dance, uh, and we've gotten way better. We've gotten a lot, you know, just like you will with anything, we've gotten way better at doing that. So we can do a whole Friday, Saturday, line out the door, get pretty good now. What does that process look like? So you're, you said you're breading two orders. So somebody steps yes. up to the counter, says, I need a two piece. What happens from there? Yeah, comes out of the brine, goes into our first dip, goes into our buttermilk, goes into our second dip, and into the fryer. 
every piece, every single piece, every sandwich, every tender, yeah. anything you order it comes right out. But the thighs, so the thighs are, you know, of course our sandwich is the big one and we use thighs. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen a case of thighs, but they're just, they're weird. They're, yeah, they've got all weird. this sinew and stuff that you've got to remove. And, and part of that, you know, was again for us, just our learning curve and doing stuff in the house. We now use all that. There's not a part of a piece of chicken that doesn't get used in our place. Awesome. And that turns into sausage or we save all the extra fat that comes in and we may lard another product. So we might uh, use that fat to lard a, some other kind of sausage we're making for that week. We were casing a bunch of sausages for a while too. Yeah. Uh, we still do that every once in a while, but we'll use that fat to, to lard something else because it may be too lean for us. Wow. So yeah, like everything is used in house. That's wild. That's yeah. wild. So and it's good. It's economical for us, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Wait, so, you know, waste nothing, right? Mm-hmm. How many fryers do you have back there, or is it just like in a basket and you drop it in, or like how how does that go? We have two seventy-five pound fryers and a thirty-five pound fryer. Oh wow. Okay. So we have our two seventy-five pound fryers are for uh, all of our chicken, all of that kind of stuff, and then we have another fryer that's just for fries and uh, vegan stuff. So like tofu. Gotcha. Anything like that. We see, because we make our own tofu as well. So. Oh yeah, Cassie said I gotta try that. She said, I haven't had it's that here fire. yet. She it's true. awesome. It's yeah, fire, dude. people right. trip out. It's wild. It's a garbanzo bean. It's a kitchen table is where we made that first and uh, Jess found it and it was like, it's called Burmese style tofu technically. Oh, okay. And so they do it a little different, but we, we, we played with it for a long time and figured it out. And uh, it just makes a good piece of fried tofu. It's like, yeah. It's very, and we use our pickling spices to flavor it. So it's, it's really good. After you drop the chicken and stuff too, like, you know, when it gets busy, I'm assuming, is there like recovery time in the fryer? Do you have to let it get back up or is it just big enough that it just can absorb constant? Luckily our fryers are pretty beasty, man. They can, they can, you can overload them a little bit too, but uh, they, they can take a lot. They nice. can definitely take a lot. And yeah, I think it helps that we don't use them for French fries because it's like a frozen oh, you're, product. You're dropping this frozen product into a oh, hot right. fryer, so you you don't temperature doesn't fluctuate as much. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's nice to keep everything too, like out of that just chicken in our fryers, you know. So yeah, we're just dropping one piece at a time too, because it's not like oh I got a handful of chicken, yeah. I'm dropping it all at once. It's like oh I kind of. Limp, a whole bird, yeah. Almost limp in. Leg, know? leg. We figured out how to, you know, they all cook at different times. So it's like, okay, well, do my leg, my leg, my breast, my breast, my wings, and then my thighs that take no time at all. You know, like we're dropping a whole bird. That's the legs take a while. Yeah, legs are the longest for sure. Yeah. Interesting. They're the scariest ones to, it's a piece, to yeah. temp. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah? So, yeah. Why so? I, it's I, the one, man. It's the it's, one, like, if, you know, it, it's probably happened two times since we've been around. Sometimes that bone, man, it gets, you get a lot of the, what is it, the hemoglobin collects there or whatever, the blood and you get like, it could be a little pinkish on that bone. Like, luckily it doesn't happen very often to us. We're good with the timing and the temperatures, but if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to be there. Yeah. I think people see blood and chicken and associate it with like raw, but that's not always necessarily the case. It's tricky. Some people like looks can be deceiving. Sure. In the sense, but. Uh, there's yeah, a very prominent vein that runs along the leg there. Yeah, well, probably the femoral artery or right. whatever. So is it, it temping them like 165 or like what's what's your... You got to go way above 165. Yeah, above yeah, 165, yeah, okay. Yeah. 165 will get done. It'll get meat done, but yeah, you won't give it that color change. Or, and a lot of times you won't get it set either. So that's why it's so important. We brine it so heavily too, keep it keep the juices in there and right. flavored. So if I can ask, what, what do you guys go to temperature wise? Man, you try to hit 190. Yeah. Oh, that hot? Yeah, yeah. you try wow. to hit 190. So, so wow. This so is you... a plateau, especially like in pork. I know this for a fact. Uh, and sometimes in brisket, just coming from my background, there's a plateau in meat right at about 180. Uh huh. So it takes a long time to get to 180, and then it usually plateaus there for a minute. Yeah. And then it goes super fast after 180. Oh, whoa. So you'll get up to like, it's like brisket. You want it coming out 185. You get yeah. to 190, you won't get that where you, it just falls apart, you know? Right. So kind of the same thing with chicken. You get to that part. Right about 170, 180. No, chicken tender, different. Chicken tender, yeah, 165, 170, you're looking pretty good. Yeah. There's more certainty in a tender in a sense that it's like just muscle, you know? And it's more uniform, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You, you know what you're hitting. Plus, you get that shrinkage from the meat just cooking it itself. Yeah. You know, so, like, I've seen recipes gaps like we've done, fill. we've done recipes like the Korean fried chicken and I've been perusing books and stuff, and some of them are like, yeah, make sure you temp it like 220 degrees. I was like, no. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 
So, and that, that brine has really helped keeping that moisture together because otherwise you would end up with, at 220, you'd probably have a husk of a chicken, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm guessing, and, for the yeah, most part. But yes. No dry, no dry tenders. No, hell no. No, and no dry chicken. Yeah, no doubt. Man, that's, that's wild. Those temperatures and those type of things, were those things that you kind of learned at kitchen table? Were those things that you just kind of figured out over time? Because you're like, well, you know, it has to be done to 165 higher or whatever just to be generally safe, right? right. And then it's like, okay, but wait a minute. We actually need right. this higher temperatures. That right. just kind of been a learned process yeah. a little bit. I think it was, yeah, just the maturation or the growth of this place as a whole, yeah. just like us noticing small differences and... And being a studious man, learning, reading books, learning, checking other people's stuff out. Any good uh, cookbooks or anything you're reading at the moment? Or? I love Heritage, but you know, Sean, anything Sean Brock, it's a lot of my favorites, South Heritage. Yeah. Uh, those are always amazing. A green tomato chow chow recipe comes from one of his books. Yeah, oh, nice. Sean, Sean Brock, yeah. for sure. I just got a new one by Aaron French, who's like this chef uh, from Maine. Okay. Which uh -huh. is kind of where I'm from. And yeah. I think it was just released like earlier this month. So can't even remember what it's called, but yeah, it's Aaron, like Aaron French, which is very simple and like classic. It's just curious, yeah, because some are, are very um, prescriptive. It's like, okay, here's a list of these recipes and here's how you do this. And mm -hmm. then I, I, I kind of like the ones that are a little story driven because I kind of start to latch on to the chef, the writer and their experiences like, okay, you know, I was here when this happened or right. this is something I tasted and I liked it because. Or you end up starting to love like the simplest of ingredients. Like this rice is from here and it's only been grown here and it's, you're supposed yes. to cook it like this. Like, and you find out you're like, oh, I'm in love with just one certain ingredient. It's not so much of a recipe, but a procedure. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing, especially as chefs you look for. Recipes are fine. Like uh, anybody can give you a recipe, but the procedure behind it is usually the most important thing. Yeah, that's that's a really good call because that's one I think that there's that differentiator. Um, I, I definitely am I'm not a chef. I'm a cook, home cook at that, <laughs> if if that. But it's like knowing the the why, mm -hmm. you know, why things happen or the history behind that ingredient or something like that. Because like you said, you know, it's like yeah, you may have some recipes back there. Maybe they were a guide at one point, but it's like okay, this is. Where, but I can I can take these ingredients and make something out of it. And you right. know, for you guys here to be able to then would you say take a left when everybody else is taking a right, right or whatever, right, right. you know, doing that type of thing. It's like, this is something that interests me. And then cool, let's turn this out into my own thing so that you're getting Straight something up, yeah. different is super, super cool. So. Yeah, knowing procedures, man, knowing how something's gonna react to something or, you know, why it's such a special ingredient. Uh, Carolina gold rice, just uh, for Hoppin' John's, that's one like, saying it's in a Sean Brock book. It's this one ingredient, like even me, I've been looking for it. I wanna try it. Anson Mills actually sells it, but it's a rice that he, helped bring back to life from extinction, Sean Brock and oh, wow. Anson Mills, yeah. Hoppin' John's is like, that's the rice you're supposed to use in it, but it, it became extinct. It was a, uh, no more, it didn't oh, exist very, you know, nobody was growing it anymore, essentially. Yeah, it wasn't commercially grown, extinct right. in a sense, yeah. Sure, yeah, and then, but Sean Brock wow. ended up bringing it back to prominence and in, in, in a dish, Hopping John's, which is one of the most simple dishes. It's amazing. In fact, there's a shelf right over there. Those bananas are gross Michelle bananas. Yeah because I wanted them really bad for my birthday. And so my wife <laughs> got them for me, a place in Miami grows them. And that's a, a banana variety that just people don't, we don't get them anymore. That's what our grandparents and our parents ate from the grocery stores. Yeah. But a plight took them all out, destroyed them all. And so there's only a few growers that actually still grow them. Like the ones we eat nowadays are called Cavendish. Okay. If you eat a banana in the store, it's a Cavendish. Yeah. Gross Michelle doesn't exist anymore. Like for the wow. most part. And that's actually where banana flavoring is derived from. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I, I had I had heard that artificial banana flavor yes. is almost closer to a real banana as they were uh -huh. versus the bananas we get. And now. that's it. Exactly. That's the variety right there. Yeah. The gross Michelle. That's what they're. Oh. That's the one it comes from. And it's a lot of fun too. Like I, I was just I wanted them for my birthday so bad. So my wife, there's a place Miami Fruit. They grow them still. Yeah. They even have the blue Java banana as well too. It's uh, whoa. Crazy blue looking banana. Really? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> wild. The inside's not blue, but the skin the itself is blue. blue. It's weird. I don't know what it tastes like. It's called an ice cream Java banana. Sounds something. delicious. Yeah, pretty wild. But uh, <laughs> Next she birthday, found them. Maybe. Yeah. And so I was like, I just want a box of bananas. And she got me a box, but she had to sign up for some like subscription. So I, <laughs> I ended up with four months of bananas. <laughs> so this is our fourth round of them. Yeah. And and what are the, the bananas being purposed for? Are you just eating them all? You're eating uh, four months worth of bananas? Definitely eat some for sure. But uh, we made this really classic banana bread for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think this round we're going to do a banana pudding with like a brulee 
gross Michelle Nanner on top. Oh my gosh. So man. yeah. Oh, <laughs> dirty birds. Even the bananas are special. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's, I mean, that's our place too. Like me and Dan got this place and it's very us. I mean, we, we hang out and watch TV, man. We're gonna watch basketball later, you know? Mm -hmm. Like we're always here. It's, it's, it feels like home now, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely a comfortable place to be when you, when you walk in and, you know, you right. guys are, you know, whether, you know, when you come and talk to who's ever behind the, the register there, they're always helpful and, and, you know, you guys are bringing the food out. You know, it's like you got this casual environment, but somebody from the kitchen is still bringing your food out Straight fresh, up. like, yeah. bam, here you go. And the, the time between it ready in the back and to your table is like 0.5 seconds. It's like right, right there. Yeah. So That's what we aim for. Yeah. I don't like food sitting around in the back. No, 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 no. no. We don't have heat lamps. <laughs> yeah, no heat lamps. Is is there a microwave back there? No, no microwave. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are, are starting to do your own bacon. Yes. Yeah. Yep. What's the what's the process on on doing bacon? That's a cure. That's a this guy makes that. Yeah. It's just a time, patience, and uh, yeah, salt, sugar. Keeping it in the right environment. Yeah, yeah. Keeping it cold. Yeah. Giving it kind of attention almost every day. Because you gotta work with the space you have and flip and rotate and make sure all of them are rubbed down right. and yeah happy. You know? you know what's interesting about like like bacon or when you guys are doing bread and things like that too is like a lot of that stuff you can't correct on the fly either. Like you you have no. to put that care over time. There's some there's some risk involved there for doing something like that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I know we wouldn't have done it if we didn't have like you know copious amounts of experience in it. And even the yeah. bread, we've, I mean, it took a minute to get that right bread recipe yeah. and try to get it, you know, how to work it in the pans and so forth. So even now we're dealing with still a little bit of deflating in it. Uh, yeah. I think we've figured out some different methods to, to solve that. So. so many different variables involved that, yeah, you just pick one and manipulate it and then find the result that you like. Yeah. And you can have the perfect recipe on. and the perfect procedure but just the, the elements in your kitchen can change it so drastically, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's humid, it's cold, it's hot, you know, we are blessed with all these dang windows. So it gets a little different <laughs> in here sometimes, you know? Yeah. So you said you're doing a, a milk bread. Yes. That you're yes. Doing? That's so awesome. it's a Japanese milk bread. And I don't, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but we call it Tangzong here. Okay. I, it's definitely not said like that. Someone said something else one time, but we call it Tangzong and it's, it's cooking part of the hydration of the bread. So it's like, uh, Oh, interesting. I would equate it to what it looks like a root. It's definitely not. It's milk, water, and oh. flour, and you cook it, and you kind of thicken it. And it thickens like a root for the most part. Yeah. And then you add that to your bread, as you so you're mixing Whoa. it. So, yeah, it just it makes it that wonder bread quality, soft, very very soft. Yeah. So is that the bread that's being used on the sandwiches mm -hmm. now? And yeah, then? I think it's to called shoku pan. I think that's what they call it, like the name of the bread itself. Okay. But a uh, Japanese milk bread, or like like I said, we call it dirty white bread. As you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sturdy birds. You uh -huh, can do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make people hum the song, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been doing the milk bread? It's been about three weeks now, I think. Okay, so relatively new. That's yes, why I haven't yes. had it yet. Okay, yeah. I'm going to need to come in. We kind of released it with now. not too much fanfare. We were just like, let's get this developed right. Let's do it. Let's see if we can keep up with it. Yeah. We're there, man. We, we've been able to keep up with it. We know our schedule now for it. It's so. Worked out great. I think the only time we messed up is where we try to make that bread and baguettes at the same time, mm. and we don't have enough ovens for it. So we're like, <laughs> yeah. uh oh, yeah. who's going in first? <laughs> yeah. Who can wait? Uh, oh, killer. Well, yeah. So are just doing like, you know, slice or still like toast on the flat top, or like how's the, the so sandwich prep happening? And that's again, we're just, we're still developing. We got you. We, we were even workshopping getting a sign. If the bread sign's on, it's untoested. Cause it, cause I love it. It's, it's like on air. Fresh. Yeah, it's that fresh, man. It's because I do like a toasted. It's great. And I've even, you know, had a customer come in. One of our regulars comes in all the time. And he was like, can I get it, the dirty white bread? But un, uh, I'm sorry, no butter or oil to toast it. I just want dry toasted. I was yeah. like, okay. And I was like, he's onto something. Because like there's so much bread, there's so much butter in the recipe of the bread itself. It almost yeah. toasts itself up perfect. doesn't get too greasy. Uh, he was even like, it falls apart a little bit better, but I like it, you know. So it's like, it's, it's like the Blues Brothers version of that sandwich. Like yeah. I need four whole fried chickens and some dry white toast. Uh -huh. and that's how I have my sandwich. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm totally gonna have to come in and try yeah. That. So that's yeah. Killer. Like I said, if I had if I had the balls, man, I wouldn't toast that bread at all. And I think we're gonna get to that soon. It's where it's just a a beautiful piece of fresh white bread. Yeah. You know, beautiful piece of homemade chicken brine, scratch mm. pickles, and then fire. Tell me about those biscuits. 
How do you, how do you make yeah. them so beautiful, man? Because that, first of all, they're friggin' gigantic. Because uh-huh. you, you order some bone-in chicken and you get you get a biscuit or two, right, with your order. Mm-hmm. And man, it's delicious, it's filling. What's the magic? I magic. love those biscuits, yeah. <laughs> making those for yeah. me. Yeah, I don't know, it's just the balance of sugar and salt, I think, in it that are they are they a buttermilk biscuit or mm-hmm. what's yeah. that? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All butter, all buttermilk. So, yeah. they're uh, you know the key really is not to overwork them, and it's hard when you're trying to get layers. It's like this, it's like this duality. Don't overwork it, but get a bunch of layers. Yeah. And then you get the layers by stacking it, and working it. So it's like you're playing this game. Like I don't want to keep stacking all these layers and overwork it, and I get this dry, dense biscuit, but I do want these beautiful layers out of it. So when we started too, like you know we were gonna do circle cutouts like everybody else, but we we're like nah. Let's, I don't want to waste anything and I don't want to. Oh yeah. Cause you have all the excess on the side. And then by yeah. doing that, all that excess, like by reforming it and some people do, and you get a great biscuit out of it. But again, you're overworking it and let me cut it out again. Let me work it again. Let me cut it out again. Uh, so we were just like, nah, man, let's just cut those layers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you f- like chilled cut fat butter or lard or, and then, and then folding it in? Yeah. Is we, it... we actually grate our butter. Uh, oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cheese grater. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. for the layers then, are you like, as a laminate, or are you actually like like lay, laying separate pieces of dough on top of each yeah, other? Yeah, not so much like laminated. Uh, I mean, I guess you would call that a way, but we're not smearing butter in between each one. It's like yeah. a, it's like kind of like making pasta. Put all your dry yeah. together, incorporate it, and then you get your wet in there and your butter, and you want it to look like rocky sand, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, you start lightly pressing, and once you start to get light presses and you start to get this even product, it's time to cut, stack. And again, you're gonna have all this crumb coming off the sides. You want that. Yeah. And again, you're gonna press lightly and then cut again, stack. And depending on who's making the biscuits that day, it's like. Yeah, everyone has their own. Like you can tell who made the yes, biscuit. Yes. So I use a little too much buttermilk in mine sometimes. Uh huh. Yeah. When I come out a little more like gas station biscuits sometimes, a little more crummy. Oh, interesting. You know? But it just depends on who's making them that day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of fun, though. You get the you mm-hmm. different touch depending on what day you come in. Absolutely. Whatever, it's always so, going to be yeah. a bit of biscuit, but you might find little changes in there. And yeah. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and man. again, the recipe's the same. It's the procedure. It's like, how are you doing it? You know, because something like a biscuit so elemental. It's like you can have a half cup on the recipe. But again, what's going on around it? Is it cold outside? Is it hot? Is your butter staying cold? Is your butter warming up a little bit? Is it too hot outside? So, you know, you may have a splash or two here, whether it be butter, buttermilk, and so, so. Yeah. It's yeah. an elemental dish. It's very, you know, it's almost like they should just grow biscuits. You know? <laughs> a biscuit it's tree. such a, such mm-hmm. a, you know, a thing. So, and that's, yeah. I, and I learned those years and years ago in Atlanta. Well, and you're. Carried that with me forever. Just the, the heat from your hands, too, as you're working, mm-hmm. it's going to warm everything up. And, and like you said, if you, you roll them, cut them, and then take your scraps and put them back together and do it again, now that part of your dough is more work to them. Absolutely. The first yeah. stuff that yeah. you did. We, we yeah. did that sometimes wow. when we used to cut them. We used to save the little scraps for like dumps, for chicken dumpling and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, But uh, it also depends like which prep table you're working on, man. If you're working on the one closest to the line, it's hot as hell. Oh, sure. If you're working on this prep table, it's, it's pretty cold, you know? So wow. it changes it quite a bit. Oh my gosh, yeah. I guess I didn't even, even think of that, just proximity to mm-hmm. other heat sources. Right. Oh my goodness. Our kitchen gets hot. I believe it gets, <laughs> yeah. it gets so hot. We put so much stuff under that hood. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think we have the max amount like of Ansel adjustments. Like they can't put anything else, like not a chance. Oh, that's crazy. So you got, so Graham's still, still cranking on some pasta. Back he there. is. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and you said the, the dish is, so it's a bucatini and then uh, uh, Hildalgo chorizo. Mm-hmm. What I've, I've had like Spanish chorizo and I guess what would be called just Mexican chorizo, but what's what's a hildago chorizo? Yeah, it's uh, probably a little drier. It's more chili than anything. It's got a lot of ancho. It's heavy. Yeah, it's a lot heavy ancho. Yeah. yeah, chili pepper flavor. Got a lot of smokiness kind of to it. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. Right. It's delicious. It is so good. It's even got like uh, you would think you put cinnamon in there. One of those kind of things. I, think but, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Put a little cinnamon. It's got this crazy flavor to it. It's great. And then we just do. Again, simply, we do like a carbonara style, man. Egg yolks, uh, keep my hot pasta water around, Parmesan, and yeah. it comes out fantastic. Sweet. And we serve a big bowl of it for like 17 bucks. Like, we don't. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely don't break the bank here on our pasta. It's fire. Yeah, that's good. And and with handmade pasta, what I like about it, you know, when you eat it, it's just got a totally different texture than dry Absolutely. pasta. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can feel the layers as you're biting through yes, a noodle. Yeah. It just feels different to eat. That's true. I um, love it. 
handmade pasta. I, I still love dried pasta, don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. it kind of has broke me, so to speak. If I go out, I'm like, I really want handmade pasta just because it's such a different you know, yeah. experience. And right. that's crazy. So <laughs> handmade pasta, you can get the chicken sandwich, bone-in chicken, or you come in for you know brunch and get you know what yeah. the, the brie pancakes, right? So yep. the yep. blackberry brie pancakes are oh fire. Gosh, man, everything just just happened. Yeah. And we'll so. always have a few specials. I know like this week we're doing a our house made bread grilled cheese. We made this harissa the other day for Ooh. one of our brunch items. So we're gonna do a Harissa scratch bacon grilled cheese on our house made bread, of course, with some soup. We're doing uh, our confit pot pies again. And we're, we're closed next week too. We're doing a big old party for our employees. Nice. And uh, we're gonna do a giant party here for everybody. That's In fact, cute. we're all gonna get tattooed. Yeah. We just set it up. We're getting all of our people's tattooed, Dirty Birds tattoos. Are you? Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Nice. I think Debo's got a little more space. I was than thinking you do. on the neck. Yeah. 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 I was telling Debo to get it on his forehead. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go for it. Yeah. Do you have the design figured out? Uh, she's our artist friend is still drawing it up right now, but we cool. do have like in mind. It's going to look similar to the that Dirty Bird smoking a cigarette right there. Oh, nice. It's nice. going to look very similar to that. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. True, truly family. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dan, when when you and I were talking with Cassie, Cassie's been with you guys since like day one, pretty much uh -huh. too, right? So true. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, and really a lot of our employees, like, they've been with us since either the beginning or they came on board and they've stuck with us even through the change, even going from there to here. Like, we, Graham was, uh, he worked at the Switch as one of, the, like, the maintenance dudes, I guess you'd say. Attendance. Attendance. Oh, no, oh, my gosh. And we just saw something in him, man, and he's been with us ever since. That's crazy. So. How, how was that moving from the Switch here? Because there wasn't anything for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had a month off, like, a little more than a month. It was the most stressful time of our life. Yeah, <laughs> it had to be nerve-wracking. It was yeah. insane. Because then all of a sudden you start firing out Stress. big bills too, man. Like, you know, you don't just walk into a place like this and turn the lights on. Right. We had to do everything, every single thing. Wow. So, wow. It was stressful, but, you know, we did it. Went through the fire and came out the other side. Yeah. So, so that was rough. Wow. We had to get a semi-truck for the most part to get all of our crap over here. Oh, know. man. Did the fryers and stuff come over mm -hmm. from the yeah. Hell? Okay. Yeah, it was like moving a house. Yeah. yeah. Like, so much stuff in that little space. Freezers. Yeah. Everything. Well, yeah, because you had that space, like, packed to the gills. I mean, uh -huh. like, every surface yeah. was just, I mean, neat and tidy, but there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. in there for sure. Yeah, so you, you see it all together at once, and <laughs> it's hard to, like, even... Wonder how you put it all together. I had to made park. It, made it yeah. fit. I had to park like a foot. What was that? Like a thirty-foot truck right here. Yeah, I parallel parked it too. I did a good job. <laughs> wow! Uh, wow! That's well but, done. Uh, and then you know speed racks. Like we had speed racks full of crap, full of stuff, which is great because when we got here, we had everything, man. So crazy, just the the you know longevity and, and, and transition from the different environments you've worked. You guys could probably Dude. do just about stinking anything that you want to do at this that's, point. That's the, that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> that's the goal, yeah. man. We definitely still have yeah. ambitions. This did not quell any of our ambitions. I'll tell you that that's right awesome. now. Yeah, we're still hungry. Yeah, <laughs> still at 10 toes down, we like to say, man, every day. But this is fun. This is life. This is home. But I can tell you right now, it quelled no ambitions. There's a lot more to come. That's killer. That's one thing. We don't stop, unfortunately. My wife hates it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and speaking of that, I mean, how is that boost from Triple D? Like, what, what was Crazy. that like to get that phone call, first of all? And Pretty wild, Secondly, man. what was the, the experience like having Food Network hanging out in your house? Right. <laughs> it, it was wild, man. It was definitely, like, uh, it's humbling, first off, you know. And I, I don't want to say it, but I, I think we hold a record for being on the show, like, and only being open for like eight months. Wow. You know, like we were only open for what, eight months? Yeah. Less than that, that before they came here. I mean, I know we were at the switch, we've been doing pop-ups sure. trying, but man, we were still very early into yeah. opening this That's spot. still figuring stuff out. Yeah, eight months. I mean, yeah. you know. Very humbling, man, and super cool experience. Dan actually got to cook with guy. He did all the cooking that day. Yeah. Nice. That so was that was fun. a lot of cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Fortunately, I was I was able to meet him very, very briefly yeah, yeah. when he was in town. But everybody I've talked to said that he seemed very, very genuine and, and things. He was like cool, that, dude. So. He was a cool yeah. dude, man. He he, uh, he chatted up with us in between shoots. We were talking. He was really stoked about my tour radio tattooed on me. Nice. Like I had my I had my copy of that tour radio tattooed all the way around. He was like, "That's sick. I know all about that." So that was a really fun conversation. So was it was it like cooking with him back uh, then? Just super easy. He's just a jokester, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fun loving guy. 
Guy. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if I recall when you and I were talking last, so you guys had a watch party at Dirty Birds Dude, here. Yeah. But Debo, you were in the back cooking. Like you yeah. didn't even get to watch it, I don't think. Nah. Like have you seen it yet? I did, yeah. My parents like DVR'd it Good. and I watched it weeks later yeah. against my judgment. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. There was one of the busiest days we ever did. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. man. You guys are usually pretty busy anyway, but have you seen a pretty big bump in like Oh, know, yeah. People stopping yeah. in and things it, like that. It's definitely noticeable. It's wow. 100% noticeable. And we had goals going into it, like you should, you know, yeah. about what we wanted to see from it. And we've definitely met those goals, what we wanted to see from it. It was cool, man. Like, we had the whole community out here. This place was full to the gills, hooting nice. and hollering, yelling and cheering. And it was one of the coolest things ever. Mm-hmm. That and then the Terrence Crawford fight we showed here. Oh, yeah. That was probably the coolest event we ever did here. And we're really? doing Anytime he's fighting, we're showing an Omaha kid. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Eric, actually, he's the one who kind of hooked that up and made it happen. He, he brought Muhammad Ali's son here. What? Yeah, Dan has pictures with Muhammad Ali's son. Oh, my son. gosh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Oh, that was crazy. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah, but he came here and watched was, the fight with us. Because we didn't charge anybody. And that's, again, I'll tell you a little story about that. Yeah, please. Knowing owners, like being an owner and learning stuff, you can't show a fight for very cheap at all. No. And you owe it. And you owe somebody, you owe a boxer money. So yeah, yeah. luckily we are blessed with only having 68 seats. So that's how it's determined. You pay a pay-per-view for every seat. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was doable for us. Yeah. But like the fine is not doable. It was like $25,000 fine if you get caught. Wow. Showing the fight without it. But dude, it was a blast. This place was packed to the gills. You know, Crawford won, of course. So yeah, it was, that it was wild. It was fun. Yeah. We're definitely showing it again though. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, I, you know. And we didn't charge anybody. It was for the, it was for the neighborhood, for the family, for the people. Like, we didn't charge anybody, man. Come in, get a spot, yeah. watch the fight, buy a sandwich, don't buy a sandwich, whatever. Well, you know, you were mentioning, you know, having the, the fight here or, you know, Triple D. It's, you know, for the family, for the community. Um, I was talking to uh, Ryan Berry from Willie Dogs. And, um, you know, he has this term that he likes. It's just hyper-local. It's like, you know, you know, being invested back into the community. And Dude, I, I, yeah. I love what you guys are doing here, too, because I think, I don't know if it's just our Midwestern niceness or whatever, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if Omahans really brag about Omaha much. It's Dude. always like there's nothing to do or we're only this. Right. And it's like we're doing really good stuff I here. I love this city. I'm not from I'm not from here, man. I'm from Atlanta by way of LA and Sacramento and I've been around. I love this city. It gave me the opportunity to do what I do here. I love our talent here. Obviously, our talent is incredible, and I think it's on us to keep them here now. And so like yeah. that's another thing is you know, we may we, want, we got to keep them here. We made a choice to be a big city. We're building skyscrapers now. Yeah. You know, we can keep these people here. And one thing me and Dan talk about a lot is we want to see our story happen again. Mm. The way things cost, the way it's hard to get into places, the things you don't know about loans, the things you don't know about, you know, MEP as far as a building, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, going mm. into somewhere, just being a guy who wants to start something. Like, we want to convey our, what we went through to the next gen. Just like, people like Graham. Like, you know, of course, again, like I said earlier, We've quelled nothing, like we want to do more, but we want to see our story happen again. It's got to come within. I and I that. think this is the only city that it can happen, man. Like, you know, it, it's not the prices of Chicago yet. It's not, yeah. it doesn't have, uh, you know, Kansas City with a flooded market. This is a place that, you know, Omahans can start something, come up on the, you know, you could do it here. And the community embraces it, man. I feel like our customer base at every place that's local to Omaha, Yeah. I think that's so appreciated and it's it shows man people really show out for the local people here for sure you know i love this city i absolutely love this city it's home for me now for damn sure like yeah it's great you nailed it i mean you know as we're sitting here talking uh, at least four or five different uh local places have been featured on diners driving the dives mm-hmm. we're coming up in that area we have several james beard nominated chefs right within town even you know you guys at, at kitchen table jess and colin you guys are still close. In fact, that's a story I think they missed. I think Triple D missed on that to see the fact that we worked at Kitchen Table and we came here and oh, started to tie our, that in. Dude, they missed on a big story, man. That doesn't 100%. Ha- doesn't happen. And it, I mean, I, I don't know. It does happen, but it doesn't happen where we're a block away. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like, like you could literally walk there. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, and Colin, you know, the story gets even deeper. He came up in this kitchen, you know, like as a young buck, you know. So, I mean, that's a big story. And I think it gets... It just can't be missed, man. That's a huge story, like coming up in the city, you know, staying right here and garnering that opportunity to start your own place and do it. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, you've, you've got KT right on your hand. You got it right, right there. Right yeah, there. I got to play hooky with Jess and go, yeah. go get a tattoo. I walked into work. She was like, you want to go get a tattoo? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me clock in real yeah, quick. Yeah, let me clock in real fast. I got <laughs> this. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, you guys lifting others up, and, and that's the other thing that, that I see in the entire restaurant community, at least my observation is, yeah. it's not combative. It's uplifting um I, you know i've seen that in the barbecue community uh tired texan mm -hmm. uh, no longer open but they had a big kitchen fire and i know that there were other barbecue restaurants that are theoretically competitors were like do you need to use our smoker right, right. how can we help you you know nobody you know everyone is, wants to see everybody come up and there's that phrase you know rising tide lifts all boats mm -hmm. you know what you guys are doing what kt is doing what wd cravings is doing i mean come down here we just we're just right here right fried chicken that's all by hand, handmade pasta, or like at Piero's place at WD Cravings, you can get handmade pasta through a drive-through. What? Like right. what's going that's on down so there? Cool. Yeah. Or, really you know, cool. just, just or, you know, of course, Block 16 over there, just friggin', you know, crushing it all the time. Wow. Um, Metropolitan Community College and the, and the Culinary Institute have turned out some awesome people there too. So Straight it's up. like the community here is just absolutely amazing. And honestly, for, you know, for me to do this show, I would say that 99.9% .9 of restaurants or chefs or anybody that have asked like, hey, can I, can I talk to you? Yeah, come, yeah, come on yeah. in. Like you guys said, first of all, we're here on your, I'll say quote unquote day off because y'all are sure, working sure. on your day off, but the doors are- Got a drink though, so yeah, we're good. That's yeah, true, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, unlock the doors and take your time out to spend with me. You've been supportive of me. Um, and just supporting each other has just been absolutely Yeah, I think awesome. competition and camaraderie go hand in hand around these parts, you know, like you always wanna be competitive. You always wanna be like, dude, get better, be who you are even better. But uh, the camaraderie factor, you know, like when we came up, dude, we had a lot of help and it wasn't just kitchen table. It was, you know, Phil over, you know, owns Pace Turners and a few other places. Yeah, you yeah. Know, showed us books, showed us budgets, you know. Noah at Night Owl, always been a, he's oh, always yeah. had a ear. Like, Knowing you know, Katie. if we ever needed a question, he's always had a ear for us, like, yeah super dope dude you know a lot of places uh megan at tiny house bar again oh, yeah. somebody else who just like had it here helped us with our bar you know when we just opened up and that's awesome gave us some tips and pointers and how you know who to talk to how do you go about this stuff so you know and again that's 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 omaha that's omaha i know yeah you know and i love yeah. it that's awesome and I, i'm glad you pointed that out too is like don't don't be afraid to ask questions if you don't know something. Don't be Especially afraid to, to have... somebody you might look up to that's, that yeah. like, does it better than you. Like, right. Help. Yeah. And then you are going to get that. I, I think it's very restrictive. Like you're going to, they're going to help you. They're going to, sure. they're going to look at you, see the passion. And they're going to be like, yeah, dog, I got you. Like, let's do this. I, you know, it's yeah. amazing. Well, that's, that's a kind of a next level of leadership is, is helping others succeed. That's mm -hmm. kind of a next level thing. Um, and the other thing is, I'm, I, it's cool that you, you know, are mentioning multiple people in multiple places because don't be afraid to have more than one mentor either. Straight There's up, things yeah. you can learn from multiple people to start having that passion with food and, and being like, I want to get this out to people. But then, like you said, now I got to figure out budgets and electrical and staffing mm -hmm. and when am I opening? How much do I order? And, and whatever, like that's a whole different ball game, right. you know, for just, you know, cooking for your family of four at home. That's you just scaled up at like infinite levels right sure there, so. sure that's oh, crazy man and you know trends and knowing stuff and you know yeah it's a lot of fun i we love it man we relish it to be honest it's, it's great that's perfect mm -hmm. so yeah. it'll get say too is like what else am i gonna do yeah, <laughs> i ain't got, yeah. got nothing else to do yeah <laughs> yeah meant to be like this yeah that's perfect man so yeah. so as people keep taking right turns and you're taking left turns where, where's dirty birds like what's happening now what are what are some things kind of in the horizon or is it just keeping it fresh and, and keeping things changing and i think we're still in the mode of internalizing here you know there's a lot of stuff we've we've owned you know we've been dirty birds for how long now we don't have a sign still like we've yeah. had how many restaurants yeah. without a sign <laughs> so you know they're like still it. internalizing i mean our place is beautiful inside we love it, it. it's wonderful you know, we worked on the plants we got the tvs up finally we did everything the art so keep internalizing but you know there's always stuff on the horizon there's no you never know it's going to smack you right in the face it's true so, and with that opportunity and with garnering the support of like the people on this building, the people who do the construction throughout the city, like you just never know what opportunity might smack in the face. There's Love it. stuff coming up all around us. You know, we've never, we've never necessarily thought about like, oh, let's go open one out West or let's go, probably not. You know, if we did find a spot, we've always talked, like we want something funky, like a, a church or like an old firehouse yeah. or something like that. And uh, there's a lot of places that are under invested in the city too, like North Omaha, that would be somewhere yeah. I think I could see 
us going for a future endeavor. You know, this, this is underinvested community. And I think like we'd kill it. We'd have fun up there, you know, we'd create another family of sorts. Yeah, you know, like you're saying, if you're ever gonna open another place, it'd be something kind of different. And that's yeah. where I think it's kind of cool in the Flatiron building where we're Dude, at right, right now. It's like, we're in a triangle. Like, right. <laughs> so, you know. When we were first looking at spots too, like uh, old gas stations always piqued our interest. Oh yeah. Old uh, firehouses, churches, they always piqued our interest. Like when we saw this on the list of perspective, like opportunities, we were like, there's no way. There's no way we're gonna be able to go get that spot. Sure enough, this was the most yeah, economical yeah. option for us. I would have never thought that would have been the most economical option in a million years. I mean, I know we had to rebuild everything, but it was like, you know, came with a full kitchen, you know, a lot of the equipment we bought from the old Flatiron folks. You know, we brought our own, of course, you know, fridges and stuff, but L. Ray Pond actually gave us that prep table. Richard over at L. Ray Pond gave us that prep table. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we wouldn't have a prep table if it wasn't for Richard, man. Uh, That's our boy right there. Maker of the pavillon. Yeah, that's our boy right there. So good. It's been so cool to see you guys move from pop-up to the switch to here. And and I just love it because you keep going up, but like you always stay true to that very first chicken dish that I had, hot, fresh, delicious. Right. And then you just kind of add on, add on to it and keep your guys' own flavor. And I, I'm just so excited to continue to be able to enjoy your food and see where you guys are just heading to next and just being along for the ride man so (laughs) what's where's the best place for people to make sure they're keeping up with what is happening at dirty birds where do they get the latest info instagram instagram 100 instagram i don't mess around too much on facebook because i don't don't like to do that to myself same thing with yelp i don't look at yelp dude i I usually respond fastest on instagram or through our website uh dirtybird69.com perfect that uh, i respond very very well to that but uh instagram yeah can always call for a good time. Call for a good time. Four zero two five five seven five 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 eight. Yep, yeah, there it is. To yeah. dine in or to go. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I have taken chicken from this Flatiron building to Far West Omaha. That's It'll still cool. be hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll <laughs> still be hot. We're very dead set against like uh, third party delivery, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So you'll never find us on DoorDash or Guara, just because I don't trust. Like, you know what I'm saying? That was a great option during the pandemic. Sure. But, like. You want your food the way it came out of the kitchen. Yeah, because you, you never know how many stops they got or what, where it's yeah. going to come from. You know, so that, that, that one kind of deters us a little bit. Sure. But you can always give us a call. Perfect. Know? So, Well, Moses, Dan, thank you guys so much for talking with me Dude, today. Dude, straight up, man. And again, and man, now I just want like all the food. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll sign it off here. This is a show. And as we say, until we eat again, stay hungry. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. <laughs>